Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio says the apparent suicide of Jeffrey Epstein in federal custody does not mean that others involved in Epstein's alleged sex trafficking operation are safe from prosecution. What a lot of us want to know is what did he know? How many other millionaires and billionaires were part of the illegal activities that he was engaged in? Well, that information didn't all die with Jeffrey Epstein. That needs to be investigated, too. Palacio spoke to reporters in Iowa this weekend, where he joined other Democrats running for president. Attorney General William Barr has ordered an investigation into Epstein's death, saying it raises serious questions that must be answered. Residents of Dayton, Ohio, have been commemorating the loss of life in their city last weekend when a gunman opened fire in front of a popular bar and killed nine people. The Dayton Daily News says there was a moment of silence at the bar overnight. And NPR's Bobby Allen reports residents have a meeting in public squares, cafes, and churches. The McKinley United Methodist Church in Dayton is among the churches that are holding morning services focused on sending love and prayers to the victims' families, first responders, and traumatized survivors. Congregant Raymond Hummond says the shooting happened along a popular nightlife district that he frequented. Just to see that that happened in Dayton, Ohio, we're small, used to be a manufacturing city, and for that violence, that amount of hate, it's just... Police fatally shot the gunman, but not before he killed nine people and injured more than two dozen others in just 32 seconds. Bobby Allen, NPR News, Dayton. In Washington, D.C., last night, members of the El Paso community held a vigil outside the White House to remember the 22 people who were killed in the mass shooting at a Walmart store. Typhoon still making its way up China's eastern coast after coming ashore yesterday. And Pierre Assembly Fang reports that 28 people have been killed. At least 18 others still missing. The casualties were reported in Zhejiang province, just south of Shanghai, where the typhoon first made landfall. Thousands of homes were damaged and millions of people left without power in the area Saturday. One million people were evacuated in preparation for the typhoon, including from Shanghai, which is home to more than 20 million. The typhoon makes its way north on Sunday and is expected to hit China's northern port city of Qingdao tonight. Qingdao has already evacuated tens of thousands and canceled trains and flights. A series of deadly storms have battered China's central and southern provinces this year. Emily Fang, NPR News, Beijing. Police are using tear gas again in Hong Kong to try to disperse protesters. Police say demonstrators have ignored warnings to leave and that they threw bricks at officers. Hong Kong has seen nine weeks of protests, demonstrators demanding more democracy, and an investigation into police tactics. You're listening to NPR News. Coming up next on The Serious Side. I think I've done more than any other first-term president ever. I have a phony witch hunt, which is just a phony pile of stuff. Mueller comes out, there's no collusion, and essentially a ruling. I see you looking there with a little smirk. How many times did you look so innocent into your wife's eye and lie to her about Uh, Lisa? Mr. Chairman, it's outrageous. Harassment of the witness. What's wrong with that? medication. Well, the, uh, the allegations against Congressman Conyers, as we have learned more since uh, Sunday, are serious, disappoint- disappointing, and very credible. It's very sad. 
Uh, the brave women who came forward are owed justice. Now to the latest on a Harris County juvenile judge under investigation after he reportedly released nearly all of the children that appeared before him the day after he lost what real we have not seen before, in our recent public life at least, blatantly, repeatedly, baldly, shamelessly lying. Making stuff up. The president said he'd pass a middle class tax cut before the next election. Congress isn't even in session. He just makes it up. Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Wilde Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now, here is your host, Jay Wilde. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is uh, August 11th, 28, 2019. You're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the DJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Uh, I'm J. Rao. Thank you guys for joining us. And let me introduce you to some of the very best in the business. Let me say, let's say good morning to my big sis, uh, the one and only Miss Vanessa Maybell. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you? Good morning, Jay. How's everybody doing this morning? Glad to be here. Glad you're here as well. Next up, uh, the man I call my little brother, the smartest man in the world. Smartest men in the room, I should say, because, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. Very smart guy, very talented guy. Love him to death. Let's say good morning to uh, Johnny D. Good morning, Johnny D. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Miss Vanessa. Good morning, Les. Mr. Spree, when he comes on board, and good morning to all of the listeners. I'm feeling blessed. I've got my my worship on this morning and ready to tap tackle America's woes. Absolutely, good glad morning. you're here, man. Man, I guess the first and last word here on the serious side. The man that really runs everything around here. The one and only Mr. Elias. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, Nessa. And good morning, Hawk. Good morning. Good morning, Spree as well. Good morning, good morning. Thank you guys so much. Our call number is 347 1272 347-850-1272. usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio, but until then, we hold it down. This morning is the August edition of of uh, the Sunday morning roundtable where our uh, people bring topics to the table that they want to discuss. And as always, Mr. Elias is up first. Mr. Elias, what are we talking about this first day? Uh, I had a couple things I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, of course, the, 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 the pedophile that killed himself last night. But And then I wanted to talk about white nationalism. But, you know, something we never did touch on, how the Mueller report affected average Americans. That was the that was the, the that was the subject we never did touch on because we couldn't get on air that day. So I would like to know how how the Mueller report or how him coming to Congress testifying or standing before Congress affected all the uh, everyday average American or did it or did it even did it even do anything for them? Okay, we'll start right I know there. For uh, me, what are you? Go ahead, Bastelli. I'm sorry. I know for me, you know, when he when when when, <laughs> when Mueller said that if this guy wasn't the president of the United States, he would be arrested. That was <laughs> that was enough for me to say you've committed a crime. So for anybody out there 
who is saying that uh, this guy's innocent. This guy hasn't committed a crime. They don't know what he's talking about. He's been he's been exonerated. Go look at that Mueller report. Read it, look at it, see what is going on, and actually listen to him. Because the bottom line is, if anybody is saying that this guy wasn't the president, and I and I don't know why he can't be arrested, but you know, it's not a law; it's just a piece of paper that says he can't be arrested. Why they're not going after him, I don't know. All right, let's start right there, Vanessa. Your thoughts? I'm speechless about that. I just, I, I, I just don't know. I'm so disappointed in Mueller not standing up and being a man, and and not saying actually a little bit more about what he said and what he found to make it a little bit clearer for the American people. Um. I, I just can't say anything about that. I just think it was just, it just blew me away because I, it, it, it seemed like it was a waste of the taxpayers' money to me. We already knew that he was crooked. We already knew that some of the things that Mueller said, well, yeah, possibly. Uh, I mean, but I just think it was a waste of money, Jake. They didn't get enough, they didn't get anything really out of it. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh. No, go ahead. Johnny? Well, I, I'm. I don't think anyone is is, is surprised at, at at the finding of the Mueller report. I mean, we've been talking about this since uh, late March, early April, uh, even after William Barr presented his version of it. You know, so as far as the the conspiracy and and, and those type of charges that may not have been. Uh, proven, there still is at least 10, if not 11 cases where there was a, a impeachment of justice uh, that took place, but we're not talking about it. You know, again, that's that shifting of the narrative by this entire administration, which they tend to do so well. You know, if you think the, the Mueller report came out on I think Tuesday or Wednesday when, when he spoke before Congress, I believe it was on that on, on a Wednesday, and by that Friday, there was another news event where he was going after um, Elijah Cummings, and we, you know, we, we rode that for a little while, and then, of course, these, these domestic terrorist shootings started to occur, so for those in, in America who are uninformed or who are, are somewhat... Um, Naive to to the actual facts and just listening to the rhetoric of of this criminal that's in Washington and and his constituents, and they will be deceived. Um, I, I think that the thing was nearly thirty two million dollars that it was taken to uh, investigate this. I think that's a small price to pay, to be quite honest, for the level of criminality that was indicated with Donald Trump. I mean, they exposed the fact that he has committed treason. He has act he's a, he's an operative with a with a foreign government and he's in collusion with a foreign government. So even though that's at, you know, thirty two million dollars may sound like a, a significant amount, but when you look at targeting that office and, and all of 
actually individuals and all of the time that and the resources that had to go into it to get it right, I think that it it was money well spent. Now, what I hope is that we refocus on just the criminal elements of it, whether or not there's impeachment or what have you. Uh, I'll leave that to the politicians to ponder their future and their careers, but the fact speaks for itself, and, and I think that you know that there's no time and no price on justice, and, and I truly believe that the American people have been frauded because you know we continuously play with the, with, with the language um, and the allegations, and we dismiss it and allow this, this this guy to change the narrative. But the reality is is that. It's significant. Uh, it, it was well worth um, the time and the effort. Now it's, it's about time to do due diligence and make sure that the rule of law is applied to to this to this criminal that's in Washington. Mustelius. But it's go ahead, Vanessa. If if spending between forty and eighty million dollars. To find out information just to say he was crooked on impeachable offense. He did offenses that he should not have gotten elected for in the beginning. So just because Mueller found out some things that he did not really clarify, and I didn't read the 400 pages and millions of other Americans didn't find out the, didn't read 400 pages. If it is not Let's say, Johnny B., you're right, it is an impeachable offense, and you are correct, they are. But there were some other things that he did were, that are impeachable offenses as well, and they have not filed impeachment on him as of yet. We are now going into a year away from the election time. Uh, you don't really count um, except, uh, parts of October or whatever because you got early voting. So I'm just saying we're within a year of the rim of voting and they have not came together as Democrats to impeach him. So I'm not really saying, and let me retract, that it was a waste of money, but it kind of was because if they can't impeach him off of redacted, struck out, the American people can't read the information, and if the American people pay for it, and we paid between forty and $80 million for it, why can't we read the actual version since we paid for it versus what they want us to read so that people other than Democrats can see that this man actually did do these things. So sometimes people got to read stuff with their own eyes or see it with their own eyes. So I'm not saying that we shouldn't have paid for it, but between 40 and $80 million and we can't actually read through the marked out stuff was a waste of taxpayer money. Because I want to read it. Mm. I don't want to read the cost out stuff and assume. I want to read what's underneath the, the scratched out stuff. I, if my tax money pays for it, then I should be able to read the whole thing and not what you want me to know. And so that's the reason why I said it's a waste of taxpayer money, because we didn't get to read the real thing. We got to hear what he wanted us to hear and what Barb wanted us to hear. I want to read what his people wrote and he said in that report. So that's the reason why I say between 40 and $80 million to get some paperwork that struck through and lines drawn through it was a waste a taxpayer dollar, especially if they don't get to impeach him from it. Don't tell me that's not a waste well, of money if they don't get to impeach him from it. Well, Vanessa, the bottom line is, they, you know, if you didn't have Moscow Mitch and 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 power of the Senate, 
they would impeach him. So that this is a political game that they're playing. It, it is. But Moscow Mitch is not going to allow them to even bring that to, to the floor. So to the you floor. You're absolutely is. right. You're absolutely so, right. And, 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 and what I found out is there's nobody the report being redacted, Moscow Mitch. With the report being redacted, there's an ongoing investigation. So you cannot give a, uh, to the American public an unredacted version when there is an ongoing investigation. So that's why you have a redacted version. But you know, the Congress, you know how many people are not going to believe it? Unredacted version. Huh? I said, do you know how many sorry, people aren't going to believe it? I said, do you know how many people aren't going to believe it because they can't read it with their own eyes? Well, but Vanessa, you know, what about hearing it with your own ears? When when when, when, when Mueller said when Mueller said that, um, bottom line is, would you if if this guy was in prison, would you arrest him? Yes, he would be arrested right now. Boom! That, yeah. that, if that wasn't enough for you, <laughs> I, enough for I, me. I, I don't know what would be enough for you. Uh, obviously. You know, and then you, you're going to have these people like like uh, Easy and the rest of them who don't, but they just said no collusion and no no obstruction. Well, if 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 the the, the guy's telling you I would arrest this guy if he wasn't the president, that should tell you everything you need to know. Stop closing your eyes and your ears to what's going on around you. Yeah. That's I the totally bottom line. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You listening to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Johnny D, real quick question for you. Now, I thought I heard something that the House of Representatives have began uh, impeachment proceedings, or at least they're heading down that avenue. What do you know about that? Can you elaborate on that at all? I really can't, Jay. That's 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 news to me. Uh, I know that there have been some. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they, they talked about these unofficial type of votes and dialogue going forward. But in regards to anything formal, I'm, I'm unaware of, of that. So that's news to me, but I certainly will be listening out and, and, and reading upon that. Yeah, uh, looks like they are trying to begin this process, and I and I think one of the things that uh, you know we talk about Mitch McConnell not bringing it up for a vote. I think what's happening is Democrats in the House are saying, "Look, we're going to go ahead and push this through, and we're going to force Democrats. I'm sorry, we're going to." Re- force Republicans to put their name on it. So elections are coming up. Uh, we're going to force the vote, even though we know the Senate is not going to approve it, but we want the American people to know who in the Senate who's who's not going to support it. We're talking about, you know, vulnerable Republicans such as Susan Collins. You know, she's in a district where she can, you know, she represents uh, a contingency that could, uh, could possibly, she could possibly lose. So they're trying to put these uh, Republicans, Ms. Elias, in these purple districts are representing people are representing these areas where uh, uh, Democrats can't actually win. They're trying to put them on the spot. Force them well, up. you know, something, Jay, uh, you know, wh- what I cannot understand is that, you know, how could you even back somebody when you know that Russia interfered in the election and you're not doing everything? For all these people that, 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 that stood, uh, stood up when the NFL players took a knee, talking about how unpatriotic they were and how 
how they, they, they were fighting against the country. And then you got Russia, who interfered in our election. And, 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 and these clowns, Moscow Mitch is not doing everything in his power to stop Russia from interfering in an election. And you call yourself patriots? Please don't say nothing to me about patriotism anymore. Because you don't care about the country. If you're not doing everything to protect your democracy, don't hand me nothing about people coming across the border. This is the craziest thing in the world to me. You know these people are interfering in your election, and you're not doing a damn thing about it. All you're doing is sitting on your hands because Russia's supporting Mitch McConnell anyway. So let's call it what it is. See, they're supporting Trump. So let's call it what it is. And now, now that Mitch McConnell's wife is a, <laughs> the Secretary of Transportation, they're getting away with murder. They're robbing this country blind. They're robbing it blind, and nobody's doing anything or saying anything about it. Why? You know why. You know why. Yeah, yeah the chairman, House Judiciary uh, Committee chairman, Jerry Nadler, said uh, that there are former, formal uh, impeachment proceedings that have begun. So uh, I guess we're at a point now where the House Republicans, um, the House Democrats, are going to go ahead and push this through and and see what happens and let the Senate vote on it. Any last words on this uh, particular uh, topic, uh, Vanessa? Well, the only the, the only thing I have to say about it is I did some research to figure out was anybody running against uh, Moscow Mitch. And come to find out, there isn't a Democrat and has not been a Democrat that has went up against him. And as long as there's nobody that is, that is bold enough to go up against him instead of running for all these people running for president of the United States, somebody needs to go and run against him to get they him out so that we can get some stuff through. They have I'm a sorry. woman that's going against him, Vanessa. It's a, it's a, it's a veteran. That is, that is running against him and can fight. Female, yeah. So female. Female, uh, oh, really? fighter, female I just fighter them power. Last yeah. week and they just said that, okay, because last week I moved it a week before and there was nobody running against him. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm well, sure where it's going to lead. Yeah. All right, Johnny, do you give me your final thoughts on this particular topic? Well, I, I tell you what, Jeff, I think everyone has said, uh, as much as I can add any type of value to it, uh, again, I, I think Les is, is, is right on, on board in regards to, you know, the hypocrisy that, you know, you see so many Americans utilizing where this guy, man, t- clearly is, is involved with, with Russia. They're interfering with, with the, the American politics and nobody is saying anything. And, you know, here it is. You've got obstruction of justice taking place at the highest levels. And again, no one says anything. So, at some point, at some point, we like to believe that the goodwill of the American people will will come to the forefront. But that hasn't happened as of yet. All right, Mr. Elias, your topic put a bow on it for us. Well, of, of course, this man. You know, like I said, you're going to get his supporters like Easy and Boba Bright, who are never going to believe. You know. Uh, that this guy obstructed justice. But so do I care? Nope, because you believe what you want to believe. But if Bob Mueller was sitting in in, 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 in front of Congress and saying that if this guy it wasn't president, <laughs> he would be arrested, yes, I would arrest him. Yes, he is an obstruction of justice. So you, you read into what you want to read into it. I'll listen to the truth. 
Absolutely. All right. Thanks. All right. In this week's edition of Four Minutes or Less, everyone knows about the mass shootings that happened in America in the past weeks, and you know a nation is hurting and grieving. Um, the President of the United States, President Trump, uh, put out a uh, made a statement on, on Monday. Read it from a teleprompter. Actually, got the cities mixed up. Said those who died in Toledo. Um, you know, once again, versus Dayton, Ohio. I don't know how you can make such a tragic mistake, especially when people are hurting. But it makes us yearn for a time when we did have a commander-in-chief who actually who took on the moniker of consoler-in-chief. Uh, in this week's edition of Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know, we're going to replay uh, President Obama's remarks after the Congress shot down sensible gun control laws, a bill that went before them and they shut it down. So in this week's edition of Four Minutes or Less, we're going to go back a little bit in history and try to relive a time, our simpler time, where you know we had an American president, as far as I'm concerned, that really knew what he was doing. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Serious Side. A few months ago, in response to too many tragedies, including the shootings of a United States Congresswoman, Gabby Gifford, who's here today, and the murder of 20 innocent school children and their teachers. This country took up the cause of protecting more of our people from gun violence. Families that know unspeakable grief summon the courage to petition their elected leaders. Not just to honor the memory of their children, but to protect the lives of all of our children. A few minutes ago, a minority in the United States Senate decided it wasn't worth it. They blocked common sense gun reforms, even while these families looked on from the Senate gallery. By now, it's well known that 90% of the American people support universal background checks that make it harder for a dangerous person to buy a gun. We're talking about convicted felons people convicted of domestic violence, people with a severe mental illness. Ninety percent of Americans support that idea. Most Americans think that's already the law. A few minutes ago, 90 percent of Democrats in the Senate voted for that idea. But it's not going to happen because 90 percent of Republicans in the Senate just voted against that idea. A majority of senators voted yes to protecting more of our citizens with smarter background checks. But by this continuing distortion of Senate rules, a minority was able to block it from moving forward. I'm going to speak plainly and honestly about what's happened here. Because the American people are trying to figure out how can something have 90% support and yet not happen. We had a Democrat and a Republican, both gun owners, both fierce defenders of our Second Amendment, with eight raids from the NRA, come together and work together to write a common-sense compromise on background checks. So while this compromise didn't contain everything I wanted or everything that these families wanted, it did represent progress. It represented moderation and common sense. 
That's why 90% of the American people supported it. But instead of supporting this compromise, the gun lobby and its allies willfully lied about the bill. They claimed that it would create some sort of big brother gun registry, even though the bill did the opposite. This legislation, in fact, outlawed any registry. Plain and simple, right there in the text. But that didn't matter. And unfortunately, this pattern of spreading untruths about this legislation served a purpose. Because those lies upset an intense minority of gun owners. And that, in turn, intimidated a lot of senators. I've heard folks say that having the families of victims lobby for this legislation was somehow misplaced. A prop, somebody called it. Emotional blackmail, some outlet said. Are they serious? Do we really think that thousands of families whose lives have been shattered by gun violence don't have a right to weigh in on this issue? Do we think their, their emotions, their loss, is not relevant to this debate? So all in all, this was a pretty shameful day for Washington. But this effort is not over. I want to make it clear to the American people, we can still bring about meaningful changes that reduce gun violence, so long as the American people don't give up on it. Thank you very much, everybody. Welcome back, 347-850-1272. You're tuned to the serious side of the J. Rao Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best, 31 minutes after the hour. And it's the Sunday morning roundtable where our panelists bring uh, topics to the table that they want to discuss. And uh, this segment belongs to Johnny D. Johnny D, man, what are we talking about for the next 30 minutes? Well, Jay, I don't know if it'll take 30 minutes because it is uh, so delusional. But we have to touch on the topic of the conspiracy theorists. Um, and now he's got his pundits out there where Donald Trump, uh, upon the death of this uh, pedophile Epstein, has suggested or alluded to the fact that the Clintons may have had him killed um, just some more hypocrisy, uh, distortion of the facts and the truth. And, of course, uh, Kellyanne Conway was on one of the Fox channels uh, trying to talk it up yesterday. I mean, how do you have one of your top officials get on there and talk about a, a, a former sitting president conspiring to kill a pedophile? And, of course, she alluded to the fact that, you know, those who have ridden, you know, um, flown on his airplanes and things like that. I mean, just just the hypocrisy, you know, just, you know, it, it goes back to uh, President Obama and the birth certificate. This guy is, is too much for the American public, and at some point I hope that we digest him and, and dispose of him with, with the rubbish and, 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 and the feces that he, he really and truly is because he has really brought um, shame to 
the office of the president. And, you know, just a, another round of foolishness, diversion. I, again, just to think that he has, he has just made that type of claim mistake is just too much. I think he tweeted it, although I have not. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see the full version of the tweet. I saw a, a little glimpse of it, but I did see uh, uh, Kellyanne Conway on there uh, talking it up. So that's just a topic I want to throw out. Like it may not take 30 minutes because it's such foolishness and hypocrisy. Uh, I, I would imagine that uh, some of the listeners will probably chime in and believe it. Um, so that's that's my topic. All right. So uh, you know, for those who do not know should know by now Jeffrey Epstein the uh, accused uh, sex trafficker he's been accused of sleeping with young girls recruiting young girls uh, having these young girls available for sex with older men very powerful men he committed suicide Saturday morning and so now the theories are running around as if you know maybe the Clintons I haven't heard that that the Clintons um, had arranged to have him killed Vanessa let's start right there what what do you think about this whole thing with uh, Jeffrey Epstein do you think this is uh, justice served or do you think that the victims should have had their day in court uh, and allow this process to play out and let this man really be convicted of the crimes that he allegedly committed? What say you? Okay, since I'm getting dressed for church, I'm going to have to be nice. So the Christian side of me says that he didn't commit the suicide and that no man is a judge to take somebody else's life like that. That's the Christian side. The other side of me is it just saves the taxpayers a bunch of money not having him sit in prison. So he goes and oh well and I pray for his soul and you know, karma is a bit I'm sorry, karma is something else, ain't it? So you know, sometimes you get your justice, but I don't think he committed suicide, I think he might have had him killed. That's just me. But I ain't no law. There's no loss with that man being gone, Jay. Oh, well. Okay. Mr. Elias. <laughs> yes, sir. Your thoughts on Jeffrey yes, Epstein sir. and uh, the fact that there uh, is conspiracy. People are saying there are conspiracies out there that he was killed by somebody in the Clinton clan. Look, man, there's going to be conspiracy about anything and everything that we live with. That's just the age we live in. So the bottom line is, you know, all I can say is good riddance to bad rubbish. If you're if you are that age and you're you are you're abusing young girls like that, good riddance to bad rubbish, man. I you know, that that means that we as taxpayers don't have to spend any more money on his ass while he's in jail. Goodbye. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Well, Looks like the smartest man in the world is showing us Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Good morning, Jerome. How are you? Hey, I'm good, man. How are you? Doing good. Talk about Jeff morning, Morris, Jerome. Your thoughts on this whole, whole morning, situation. Morning. Okay, morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, hey, good morning. I came in late, so I had to figure out who was here. <laughs> how you doing, man? That's uh, good. So, your thoughts on uh, Jeffrey Epstein? This whole thing, what happened? Do you think there's conspiracy behind it? Once again, the Clintons, people, you know, when Whitewater and all that stuff happened, uh, people were talking about the Clintons being involved in this stuff. What do you think about this nonsense? And especially the president's senior advisor going on television, vision programs, and 
giving this nonsense some light. What say you? So, so the people, the people who work with the Russians, are telling you that there's a conspiracy. Really? Like <laughs> that's all you kind of need to know about Kellyanne Conway. You know, Barr comes out, tells you t- something totally different that's within the Mueller report, and we believe those guys are conspiracies. Right. So the Justice Department was in charge of that facility, but we think the Clintons had something to do with it. Wouldn't we more likely think that since that was Trump's boy and they had exactly. a and his name was on those ledgers and one of the witnesses said that she met one of them worked at Mar Lago, one of the accusers, before they met Epstein when she was sixteen. Like so we would believe the Clintons opposed to them fools had something to do with it? You know, Epstein was still friends after his um, after he came out of jail with Bill Gates. He still was friends with Zuckerberg. He still like he was in he was in bed, so to speak, with all of those dudes. So to think to even bring the Clinton's name up is kind of like um, um, us bringing. We might as well say OJ did it. You know what I mean? But why like, did he yeah, say the Clinton, y'all? I don't understand that, Jay. You don't understand what? I don't understand why he picked the Clinton. So enlighten me as to why out of all the people that this man said that he was buddy buddies with and they all was in a little gang sleeping with little children, why did he pick Bill Clinton? Y'all tell me. I don't get that. Why? I don't think that he did. What? I think that they, that that's what the spin is from Kellyanne Conway and those guys because they're trying to not let you look at the link between him and Trump. Him, Trump was boys. Clinton may have gone on his plane or whatever, but... Um, he hung out with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has a thing with little young little girls too, probably. And the fact is, is that there, this guy who's coming out with a book said that Epstein is the one who in- introduced him to Melania. That's how he met Melania, his wife. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so now you're talking about sending something so that it doesn't look like you had anything to do with it. So wait till that hits the fan. Yeah, well, well you know, Jay, obviously. Uh, you, you know what else is? Uh, you know what else is Great. interesting, and, and, and Jerome is is right in line. I mean, Epstein uh, was once quoted as he admired how Donald Trump had the pageants and that entire stable. So there's more connection, more linkage than what we might think. Now William Barr, who is overly excited and disappointed in the fact that he has committed suicide. Now, let me tell you the links between the Attorney General and Epstein. Epstein's father hired, um, I mean, William Barr's father hired Epstein to teach at, at a school, and this guy doesn't even have a degree. So the linkage is a lot more intertwined than what one might think. So the interest really would be, uh, in the benefit and on behalf of Donald Trump, but yet I think the 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 knowledge comes in blaming the Clintons because that's where you get your most political bang is throw it on the Clintons. I mean, you know, you saw how in the uproar uh, people were and in sense with uh, Hillary Clinton when when she was running in 2016 and you know chatting, lock her up and all that. There's no there's no group of there's no family who gets. The, the Republican Party more in, 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 incited 
than the Clintons. So I think if you throw that name out there, because that's really the only correlation that they have to any type of political aspect is to throw Bill Clinton's name out there. But Donald Trump and William Barr have far more connections than Epstein, pedophile Epstein, than the Clintons ever will. Right. Right, and I wonder, I wonder if he had something on Bob. Right, again, the Justice Department ran that facility. Like, those are the Department of Corrections. He was in a federal facility, so they could have protected him or not. And I don't think there's any place to hang yourself for one in those places, right, because they're designed like dorm rooms in college. So there's no, there's nothing to hang yourself from. But I think the last person who died, um, in federal custody, custody like that, choked on a sock. They actually committed suicide by shoving something down their own throat because there's nothing to hang from. So for you to hang yourself in prison these days, you know, especially in those facilities, um, is highly unlikely. So whatever happens, that whole suspicion needs to go on the people who are guarding them and whoever was in that prison who may have killed them. But either way... That, that is a lot more suspicion on, you know, the Trump and the Justice Department folks than it is anybody else. Yeah, it looks like the president retreat, retweeted a tweet from comedian Terrence K. Williams. You know, he, he tweeted saying, look, died of suicide on the 24-7 suicide watch. Yeah, right. And then he invoked the Clintons. But I think he was doing this from a comedic standpoint. But even if he wasn't, uh, first of all, he was not on suicide watch no longer, however, but they still should have had him under close surveillance. And so the president retweeted that particular tweet. and you know, But he doesn't understand that Terrence K. Williams from Stelias has also you know, tweeted some very derogatory things about him, him as in Trump. So I'm not sure. I guess I don't understand how this man has so much time to do this types of stuff instead of you know trying to figure out what's going on with the country. It's just amazing that he's still in office and people still support him. Well, you know, we got people on this, we got people in the, in the chat room that, that still support him no matter what he does, man. You know, this man hits Putin's button and and uh, you know and, and 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 when they when they had the summit and he he wanted to talk to Putin by himself without advisors around. Really? <laughs> Who does that? Come on, man. If you don't know that this man is, is working for Russia and you still believe in him, damn near turn your, turn, your, turn your democracy card in, turn your patriotism card in. Stop telling me about immigrants because you are, you, are, you are letting this Russian operative run your country. Yeah. I don't care how you look at it. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, once that uh, all those documents are made public, some of the big names. I know there are probably a lot of people nervous right about now. It's just unfortunate, and hopefully all this stuff will come to light. Thank you so much, Johnny D, for bringing this topic up. It's something that's in the news, something that just recently happened, and I'm glad we were able to have a discussion about it. Vanessa, it's uh, 43 minutes after the hour. We have another 15 minutes before we get out of this thing. Give me something to talk about. Give us something to talk about for the remainder of the segment. What do you have in your mind this morning? Okay. When um, don't talk left to go and see the victims, I thought that that was absolutely horrible for him to leave Ohio, I think it's the state that he was in at the time, and tweet nasty stuff about those people as soon as he gets up in the air. 
I thought that was horrible, and I thought it was horrible, and I actually felt sorry for Melania when they were in El Paso, and of course there was no camera crew anywhere with them, so they could say that it was so many people out there waiting to see him. But uh, at the hospital, they showed the video where he was up there going, Bego is having something, and he only has 400 people there. Look outside at how many people I have. We were like, really? And the people he was talking to was looking at him like, you are sitting here telling us about the numbers of people outside coming to see you instead of consoling us. And then Melania, had, at that moment, I was like, please help him. She reached over to one of the people who worked at the hospital, and she said, thank you for all that you do. And while she was saying, thank you for all that you do, he was still talking about his numbers. But she was trying to break it up because people were looking at him like he was crazy for sitting there talking about his numbers and who came to see him instead of being upset about the people who lost their children and their grandmamas. I mean, I just just don't understand why people are still standing beside this man who wants to call Joe Biden an idiot. And he is an idiot, and he has no morals, and he has no empathy, and every other horrible name you can think of. He's a racist. I mean, so how dare you not have a few minutes to give those people who have lost their children in El Paso, Ohio, and then the first day of school, those children go to school, and you go and raid and get 680 people in Mississippi. Why didn't you just get the people and send the children with them? Why is he doing all of this to make the people suffer? Why does he get so much pleasure out of seeing people suffer and everything being about him? He is such a me, me, me person. He mustn't give any love as a child. He mustn't get any love as a child yeah. that everything has to be about him. Yeah. Well, what Vanessa's referring to, the Dayton, Ohio mayor, uh, Mayor Whaley, said on Thursday she believes that uh, President Trump's tweets a day earlier lashing out at Democrats and the media did a disservice to his trip to visit the first responders and survivors of recent shootings. And she's, quote, she's quoted here, says if those tweets were mentioned at all, his trip would be fine. And instead, there's this big discussion about what was the purpose of his trip. Uh, it's unfortunate for victims and first responders who deserve uh, a visit who did deserve a visit by the president now you know there was a lot of uh, talk uh, Jerome that people didn't want him to show up and he showed up anyway and and like Vanessa said he was called on tape talking about how big a crowd was he talked about Beto's uh, last name for people who are a part of this country who think that this is normal who think that this is okay you have to question their you know you have to question their insanity and in and, and their ability to comprehend things it's just unbelievable what we're dealing with uh, with this man. Yeah. Your thoughts? Yeah, let's let's talk about the fact that we hear hero worship in this country too damn much. Like that's what we do, right? Don't even care about the victims. People still in the hospital. Some young white kid, which is the pathology in this piece, commits another mass suicide, and we go, let me go thank the first responders. It's like, what the heck are you supposed to do when somebody's shooting at you? Seriously. Right? And so we hear a worship so much that you can change the topic to fit an agenda and a narrative, right? And so the, they choose on the Republican side always, hey, if it wasn't for the first responders, then he would have killed more people. 
Right? Not that he killed a bunch of people, but that he would have killed more. So we need to arm them more. That is that is an agenda. So we need to see through that. We can't just keep buying into the same stuff. We can't keep having conversations about the narrative that Trump wants everybody has. have. He's a dotard. And so the issue is, is that when idiots get a chance to run the world, they run it like idiots. We still don't have to be idiots just because they are. But it's like watching news sit there and answer questions to um, for nonsense. You know, I, I think the one thing that I like about O'Rourke, which I don't like anything about him, but one of the things I like about him is when somebody asked him a question and he said, WTF. Like, why do y'all keep asking us a question if he's a racist or is he white supremacist? But you keep asking us that. It's like asking black people that. Right? Why would you ask someone that? And the issue is, is that it's maddening to actually keep repeating something that's so damn obvious, right? So we need to start talking about it in the past tense. Like, we need to start talking about it from the part of knowing, right? So anytime you say Trump's name, you need to say the uh, white supremacist Trump. Because uh-huh. what happens is that if you look at how white folks, like, uh, encapsulate the minister, right, they always say you know, derogatory things before they say that man's name. He ain't do jack to them, right? But we are, we are so damn, um, what's the word I'm looking for? What, what white supremacy does, it makes you hero worship, right? And it's like, well, we need to respect the office of the president. But it's nonsense. If your president is a white supremacist, just say the white supremacist president, Trump. Why don't you say that? Because that's what he is. So we can give him a title if we, if we need to. He's proven who he is. So stop asking the question and asking us to prove the things that you should already know. Because if you don't know, then technically we shouldn't be having that conversation. So every time we have, like, conversations about that, people try to turn them. So Donald Trump is really good, um, I'm sorry, dotard, or white supremacist dotard, turns conversations so that you can talk about it from a narrative like you don't know. Right, and I don't give Melania no credit at all, because we should say, you know, the the pinup girl Trump. We should be calling her by her title, because that's her claim to fame. She took she took those pictures proud. Nobody forced mm-hmm. her. They weren't leaked on the internet. Hell, she spreaded her stuff right in front. How come we can't say that? Oh, because yeah, you know we need to honor the office. No, you don't. You have, you know, people in office who don't have the same moral code that you have. So that's fine. I'm not saying bash anybody for what their choices are, but don't act like you don't know what they are because we get blamed for stuff, you know, that people allege that we did. We could be in a car with somebody who did something and be like, well, you know, you get the same sentence as he does because he did that, guilt by association, and we accept that. But that dude can mess with underage girls, Say grab women by the crotch. He can say anything that he wants, and we still won't label him what he is. He's a pig and a white princess. That he is. Still, yes. Give us your final word on this one. My final, my final word is this, man. If there were people in El Paso who refused to see him, <laughs> that 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 is funny, isn't it? Because they said, "You want to see the president of the United States." Nope, that's okay. I don't want to see him. Now, how, how often does that happen? 
How often does that happen? Well, we How don't have to repeat it. Huh? We racist presidents often, so you got to do that. <laughs> you got one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> this man flies in, uh, Air Force One, boom, 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 sets down the plane, goes to visit people in their past. They're like, nope, don't want to see you. Go and get up out of here. I don't blame her. I wouldn't want to tell me what the world on a photo was you for. You're a white supremacist, man. You're proving yourself and you know who you are. Yeah. You're a white supremacist. Yeah, call it like it is. Absolutely. Call it what you say. Johnny, did you give me your final word on this one? No, Jay, I tell you, uh, each week I'm I'm, I'm fascinated by the, the level of intellect from all of the contributors as far as, you know, basically laying the facts out the way that it is. And and I wanna I wanna kinda end this segment with this here. You you look at the shootings in El Paso that has been proven to be directly related to a supremacist agenda. Now you couple that with the with with what took place in Mississippi when you go and you do these raids of of chicken plants and you round up thousands of Hispanic and Latinos simply to kick them in the chest, okay? Kick them in the chest, kick them while they down. Now, here was you get El Paso one day and you round up a bunch of uh, immigrants, Hispanic and Latino immigrants the next day simply to show your agenda to your constituents, which is other white nationalists or white supremacists, that that, that whole ideology, because he had nothing in place. You round them up to do what? Send them home. There was no detentions for them, which which thank God of that right there. But all it was was the stage and say, you know, here it is. We're going gonna to just keep showing our prowess on, on this immigration and how we're just going to keep coming at you. But the surprising and the disappointing thing is, is, is this. They still talk highly about, and, and of course this is by, by a lot of polls, that you still have a lot of Hispanic and Latinos who support this guy. And, that, and that's, that's, that right there is just unbelievable to me. It really yeah, truly me. is. But, but to, you know, to, to think that, you know, here it is, you got the El Paso shooting and the next day, you go to these chicken plants and, and round up folks simply for the cameras, and then to hear what what that acting or interim um, director of, of um, I said is just uh, even more appalling. But again, you're shifting the narrative, you you're degrading people, and you're showing your your your, your supremacist prowess. And the sad thing is that you still got people of the Hispanic and Latino descent that's going to support him in the polls. Same. Real quick, though, how come the people that owned the plant didn't get arrested or fined or or whatever? Because they hired these people knowing they were illegal. Oh, I forgot the president's got people that want a lot to go the same way. My fault. Exactly. Exactly. Underpaid, overworked, and undocumented working right there in Florida at Mar-a-Lago. So certainly is. My fault. Why ain't he being fine? Yeah. Why ain't he being? Why ain't he being arrested? Yeah, that's just how it works. All right, coming up next, uh, Jerome Spree's on the clock. We'll talk about what he wants to talk about during the last segment of the show. Listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere.
Aris Radio Network, online radio at its best. I need is love. 
Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're tuned to the serious side of the J. Ralph Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network. Online radio is best. I'm going to say good morning to the people. Say good morning to Vanessa. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. So I'll say good morning to Mr. Johnny D. Good morning, Johnny D. How are you doing this morning, sir? Good morning. Good morning. Blessed. Blessed and glad to be here. Mr. Jerome Spree's in the house. Good morning, Jerome. How are you doing, sir? Hey, good morning. I'm good, man. How are you? Doing outstanding. The man who gives the first and last word, Mr. Elias, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Can we say hello to some people in the chat room this morning, Mr. Elias? Yeah, we got, uh, we had Convener man in there, but he went bike riding. Of course, the usual Absolutely. two racers are in there, Easy and uh, Volvo Bright. Okay. Good morning to the pastor. He's in the house. Good morning to you. Mariana Music's checking in. Dale is in the house. Good morning, Dale. How are you doing? Uh, Robert, uh, Sebastian, that's a cool name. Uh, also, uh, Clarence, uh, another Vanessa. Good morning, Vanessa. Uh, Veronica, uh, just a few people. Yeah, I got a lot of people out there. Thank you so much for listening to the serious side. Now, I started to bring in our director for social media outreach, the one and only Miss Jackie. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I'm doing well. How's everybody doing? Doing outstanding this morning. All right, Jackie, morning, tell us Jackie. Uh, how to stay in contact with the show when the show's not live. Well, if you need info about the TJRS Radio Network, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups, Twitter.com, Instagram.com slash R.S. Radio. And of course, to remind you, because that time is coming near, the 10th column, 10th anniversary of the TJRS Radio Network is approaching. Please check out our special anniversary show coming up on Wednesday, August the 21st, all of the U.S. times. 5.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 6.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 8.30 a.m. I mean, sorry, p.m. Eastern Time. And, of course, Saturday, August the 24th, all of U.S. Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Central Time, and 6 p.m. Eastern Time. If you want to be a part of the show, we're just welcoming Everyone from, of course, all of the TJRS hosts, past and present, fellow radio hosts, close friends of the network, and, of course, all of our wonderful and beautiful listeners. You all played a part in making this happen, and we so love and appreciate you. If you want to be a part of these shows, if you have um, J. Riles or Mr. Elias' personal information, you can contact them directly. Or you can email us at SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Once again, SeriousSide at Outlook.com. Keep up with it. Appreciate it. Also, good morning to uh, Momo B. Looks like she's listening on the, on the phone lines as well. Good morning, Momo. Appreciate you. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's five minutes after the hour. It's time for our third and final segment of the show. And, uh, Jerome, it's all yours, man. What do you want to talk about for the remaining 25 minutes in the show? 
Well, you know, or at I, least doing I, the best part of the show. Yeah, you know, I just want to. Um, I can kind of recap a couple. I don't have anything in particular, but you know, when Good. we were talking about Jeffrey Epstein, I forgot to mention that um, he mentioned Prince Andrew as well. So today in the British papers, they're saying the royals rally around Prince Andrew as he's joined uh, at church by the Queen, Charles, and Beatrice, you know, a day after his passing back to Harlem. Because Jeffrey Epstein, um, one of the accusers, said that he was also there as well, that she was introduced and had sex with Prince Andrew. So you, who knows who killed Jeffrey Epstein? But there's a lot of people who probably are lined up. But I, I forgot to mention about him um, as well. Wow. Now, um, in case you didn't know, the victim still can, um, they can sue the estate. So that doesn't mean that that dude is off off the hook anyway. So Or Trump is off the hook or any of them because they're still going to sue. So they'll probably go through discovery and all this stuff will still come out you know, when it comes down to it. Also, you know, I wanted to mention um, this thing that people have with Joe Biden. I I am right. a firm believer, and again, I'm not working on his campaign at all. So it's interesting to me that if he was leading by some large amount, people would be complaining. You know, there's a core uh, a coronation, and everybody wants to get behind Biden. But I think it's probably better for them to have a He's leading them, obviously, but it's still closer. So everybody's listening to all the other candidates. Now they're like, well, maybe Joe don't have it because he's not blowing them out. Like, you cannot win for losing in politics. But I can tell you this. I had a conversation with um, some conservative yesterday, and he lost his mind, like most conservatives have, where he's like, I don't think he can do it because Trump and the economy and all of that. And I said to this guy, if you can ignore all of the stuff that that Trump is and that he's done, then technically we shouldn't be having a conversation. You can live huh. in that world by yourself. Because we're not having no interaction no more. You know what I mean? I don't know you like that. And we need to actually start understanding that. And part of the conversation was Biden is racist because of the statement that he read, that he that he made, right? He said that um, I guess it was something like poor kids are just as smart as white kids, is what he said to me. And I said, okay, so did you hear the rest of the statement? And he started smiling. I said, yeah. He stumbled, but he said, white kids, black kids, suspect, like he, he, he knew yes, he did. if he said it, that he was trying to be more inclusive. So when you say poor kids, we know white kids are poor. So he was just making... Uh, 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 a difference, like I'm not covering for him in his words. What I'm saying to you, he's an old white man. So the issue is, is that does that make you racist for actually venting words from a certain perspective? Now, what I said to him was, no doubt everybody don't feel 100% comfortable with Biden, but I can tell you this, that we damn sure feel more comfortable with him than anybody else because we know his writing shotgun with President Obama tells me that if he, even if he does not understand black folks, that he at least will seek counsel from them. And that's all that's important. That's the only thing we can actually ask white folks to do. We can't ask them to be black. We can't ask them to have a conscience. We can't have, ask them to have morality. We can't ask them to do jack. But what we can demand is to say, if you don't have no relationship with somebody, 
then technically I don't know you, and we need to back off you. So when I hear all of this criticism on Biden, it kind of makes me think about the fact that Democrats um, generally are always looking for something to shoot each other down, which actually helps Republicans. Now, it's not going to help Trump at all, but Biden is going to make mistakes, and that's what he does. He's going to make gaps. Some people don't run words together, but I can tell you he's good on the stump, and um, he's going to be fine, and he's going to win. So he's going to make gaps all all the way through this thing, though. That was guaranteed. Think think about what Trump does. You know, if Biden makes a gap, oh, look at what he did. Well, damn, how how low is the bar set for Trump? My God. Right. Right. (laughs) And and my point, Elias, with that is that um, Biden's gaps are not even close to Trump's. But to to try to make them equal – the Democrats, like, um, you know, Black Hillary and all of those guys, like, when they say, oh, look at Biden, he's not good for us, how do you rally behind that guy after you're throwing shots at him? Because we know it was Hillary Clinton that brought up, I don't really know if Obama was born here, I didn't see a birth certificate, and laughed about it. She started that nonsense, right? That stuff came out of, that, out of the Democrats um, going at each other. Republicans had nothing. So, you know, they just exploit the fact that, you know, people live through, um, I'm sorry, they move through being um, fearful of something. So they try to make somebody else the boogeyman every time they do it. They're like, oh, you don't want that guy. The world's going to end. I'm like, Trump got us like a a trillion-dollar deficit, like with those tax cuts. The markets are stable because rich people feel like, hey, we got our justice, so we're not tanking the markets. But they will tank them at the moment. If, he, if Obama would have put a trillion dollars on health care, they would have been like, oh, my gosh, and they would have panicked the market. Mm. So that's what supremacy is, is that white folks don't react to white people shooting people massively. But if a black person um, trips somebody, some white kid coming out of an Arby's, then technically they'd be like, oh, my gosh, they're attacking white folks, <laughs> Right. Like, they're not even comparable. So we have this selective outrage. But with Biden, like I said, in his case, that he is going to make gaps, and we just need to get over it and stop expecting perfection out of people. Um, like this dude who's already there is so outrageous that y'all overlook it and y'all pick on somebody else because it's like, well, he's just like him. That is not even – you can't even compare him. Can't you? So, no. Not even, not even close. This dude gets out alive every morning. Yeah, and then, Johnny, when you look at, you know, China, you know, you want to talk about Trump. China just uh, decided not to order any more uh, goods from farmers here um, in in the U.S. um, in retaliation to what Trump is doing on the trade war front. I mean, how how long will these people continue to support this man uh, when he continues to provide, you know, chaos in the White House? I mean, a lot of the folks, a lot of the farmers – you know, supported the guy, but now we're starting to hear that the farmers are starting to grumble because, yeah, they're getting a, a check, they're getting subsidies, subsidies from the U.S. government, but uh, it's not enough, and uh, a lot of them are going to be in trouble because, you know, China is starting to retaliate, saying, look, we're not going to buy any of your products. You want to act like that? No problem. We just won't buy stuff, and your farmers will start hurting. What say you in regards to that? Agriculturally, we agriculturally we have been suffering for a while, and, you know, it depends on which farmers you talk to. Uh, I, I looked at uh, some articles 
several uh, months ago, and they and it was a a a a, a black farmers uh, a delegation, um, some type of association that they have, and you know, these guys was talking about you know uh, losing their, their their livelihoods and their farms and and having no way to sustain their quality of life. And, you know, those folks in Iowa are going to be immediately impacted. So it'll be interesting to see how they embrace uh, the Trump uh, ticket because clearly those are some of the areas where, you know, you think about the trade war, you think about tariffs. But America's inability to grow your own food also puts us at risk as well, you know, as far as, you know, terrorist acts. Uh, going into the contamination of food and water sources and things of that nature. So it's really bigger than, than what uh, one might think. But uh, I, I still think, un- unfortunately, it's just like anything else, he's still sitting at that 37% support, and most of those individuals are farmers at the time because he went and told them lies about what all he's going to do. So he'll come up with some type of um, way to, to entice them to support the ticket. But as far as wide-scale movement, Against him, I don't see it because look at all that this guy has done. Look at all he's done, and you still have individuals out there trying to uh, support this guy. Man, this guy is a treasonous. This guy is a liar. This guy is a murderer. This guy is a kidnapper. This guy is a criminal. This, I mean, he is everything that's vile about a human being, but yet he still has people supporting him. And how dare. Uh-huh. We call him the president of the United States. That's sad to me. So, no, I don't think that he's going to lose any support from from farmers. Uh, he may lose five or six here or there, but the reality is that overall that was his base, and they haven't moved the pendulum at all. So it is what it is. Vanessa. Can I say, can I say something with Johnny up or Johnny D, though? Did you see, Johnny D, when you were talking about the farmers and the black farmers, did you hear the black farmers say that they had a big meeting amongst the the farmers and that the black farmers were not invited? Did you hear them say that? They were excluded from the meeting, yes. Yes, Yes, indeed. Yes. Exactly. I'm like, and what people don't understand is that trillion dollars that you were just talking about, I mean, those billions of dollars that you were just talking about that he gave out to the farmers, who do they think is paying for that? Are these people insane where they don't realize that we as taxpayers are paying all of these farmers for Trump? I don't get it. Oh, my God. These people are ignorant to me when it comes to Trump. Uh-huh. They just, they're just ignorant to me when it comes to him. Isn't that well there? Um, he's a white supremacist. How do you have a meeting and not invite the black farmers? Isn't that welfare? For to give money to subsidize so you you in that welfare? Aren't, aren't, aren't these people supposed to be against welfare? You know, poverty. There's no excuse for poverty. I hear that in the chat room all the time. But it's okay to give money to the farmers because of his screw ups. That means I got to pay taxes on his screw ups. You got to pay taxes on his screw ups because he's giving money and to the farmers. The dollar store is no longer the dollar store in Houston. They're the dollar fifty store. The five 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 below store, when you go in there, it is now five five five. Everything below five five five. Everything 
has went up and people aren't paying it any attention, it is because of the tariff. Not because of the cost of living, it's because of the tariff. What do they think this stuff like made in China? What do they think it's coming from? This is crazy. Yeah, but they, hey, they, they support him. But, hey, he can keep giving money to the farmers. But poor black kids in the inner city who need the help, who don't have a tent, get a, a meal, no, can't help them. But let's help the farmers. Let's help the white farmers. Let's help them out. You know, let's, get, let, let's give a child a great education. No, let's give that money to the farmers because I have uh, imposed tariffs on China so we can give them money. We can give them $12 billion. Let's give it to them. Let America pay for it. Which is ridiculous to me. We we don't put money in education, and because they, 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 they like to dumb down America. So why? Because they don't want people to become woke. Once they become woke, they won't keep putting up with this crap. But then again, you got these old white folks like Easy and Vogel, right? That'll you know agree with anything Trump says. Let's give money to the farmers, but they're against welfare helping poor black kids. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three. Seven eight five zero one two seven two. It's the serious side of the J. Ross Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. It's twenty minutes after the hour. As we continue to, to uh, discuss this topic, Jerome. So, what, what do you think? What happens now? I mean, you, you mentioned that you talked to a friend, and um, you know something no, we had talked about here on the show. Well, a person, okay. And <laughs> okay, one of the things that we talked about on our show, uh, what we talked about earlier is people that support this president, you know, do you do you cut ties off with, with these people? Do you say, look, enough is enough? I mean, at the end of the day, you may get your tax cuts, you may, you know, get the things that are important to you and your family, but at some point in time, you know, where's your moral compass? Do you step up and say, look, I can no longer support this guy uh, based on his policies, based on, not as really his policies, but based on the way he uh, conducts himself as a president? You know, we just talked about in the last segment how he was visiting wounded people, people who almost lost their lives. And what was he doing? He was tweeting about his crowd sizes compared to Beto O'Rourke, talked about Beto O'Rourke's last name, ordered a uh, uh, a uh, ice sting on people that are working at, uh, like Johnny D mentioned, at these plants, uh, watching these kids first day of school, watching them cry on TV for their parents, which is, you know, and unless you have no heart, uh, it's hard to sit back and watch that stuff. So what happens now, uh, Jerome, as we uh, finish out this segment? Uh, well, I'm not – okay, so I'm not saying that um, that um, you get rid of your friends who like Trump. I'm saying you don't have to deal with them at all. So you di- take that any way you want to, right? You don't have to engage in those conversations because once you normalize insanity – Technically, you're going to be a part of the problem as well, right? So if you if you want to talk to me about whether I feel sorry or not for some pedophile, then technically we ain't having that conversation because I, I don't know why you don't look at harming children the same way as I do. So why would I discuss why that's wrong? If, if your morality is that jacked up, fine, but you'll never be around any of my kids and you won't come around my house. And you better keep a little distance away from me, right? If you can't understand why it's wrong, that's all I'm saying. So if you are having a conversation about that fool and they think that they're having an intelligent conversation, I am not that curious. Like even on this show, I'm sure you can tell that there are times that there will be topics and I'm like, I'm out. 
because I don't think that it's necessary. You are what you eat. You are what you ingest, and you cannot keep looking at stuff to rake it over the cold to normalize them in your head. It's not necessary. For example, I'll give you a historical reference. It's like having any kind of colonizer come into your place and slaughter hundreds of thousands of people. And then they stay and say, well, we weren't the ones that did that, so we need to work together. That is maddening. I am not in your frame of reference. You cannot do that to me. So you can't just wrong me and then think we're going to have a, a logical discussion on where do we go from here. Now, you want to talk to church people about that? That's your, that's your thing. That is, not, that is not a good spiritual way to live. You don't have to accept everything. You don't have to think about it. So, hey, if you choose to keep a Trump supporter as your friend, that's fine. But I am saying to you is that if you're going to openly try to have a dialogue about something so foul, then technically you're not even worth talking to. Interesting. Way to say it. All right, final thoughts from everyone. Vanessa, let's start with you on this topic or any topic that we discussed this morning. Good, because I'm on my way to church. Um, you know, um, this week was a crying week for me to see those children crying, to even see the president stand up there and talk about his numbers. It really, really touched my heart. It, it hit me in the gut because I expect more out of our leaders. Um, I, I don't know what else to say to these people other than look at your future and not your dollar signs. Look at what you're showing your children. You have to get out and vote. I think Momo B did last year, whatever year it was that Momo was voting. Momo took two people to the polls with her. And I think that everybody, everybody is going to have to do that. Take some people to the polls with them. Make sure some people register. Because if we don't, can you imagine four more years of what Trump is going to do to our country? Real quick, I ask that y'all pray for traveling mercy for me and Bobby as we go to uh uh, uh, Les' favorite uh, town, Las Vegas. It has been good talking to y'all. I got to get into church. Y'all be blessed. God bless, Vanessa, and we'll see you next week. All right, Johnny D, make me your final thoughts on this topic or everything that, or anything we talked about this morning. I'm going to stay on the thing that Miss Vanessa had, had started. Uh, certainly, uh, as Les say every week, uh, get out and vote. But the infighting, um, we haven't really honed in on that, but really what all the politics comes down to is the infighting of the Democratic Party. Uh, at some point, someone is going to emerge as the front runner and the nominee for the Democratic Party, and I just hope that they don't have too many holes in their armor that this that this lying regime of, of, of Donald Trump can continuously try to exploit because we already understand how unrealistic uh, his views and his values are and, and unethical they are. Well, all he needs to do is filter a certain message continuously at his base, and it won't take long to, to trickle over some of the independents. And in 2020, when that announcement comes at, 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 at in November of 2019, and here this guy sets on the podium again in January 2020, the only people who will have themselves to blame is the entire American public, okay? It'll be the American public. It won't be Republican. It won't be independent. It won't be Democrat. It will be all Americans who pretend that we got these high values. We are no longer 
a, a moral compass as long as we have this individual in, in, in office because he is a reflection of the American values and we continue to, to allow him to change the narrative. We continue to allow him to change uh, our, our, our views on, on life and who we are. And, we, and he's changing neighborhoods. So it's trickling down the neighborhoods where now you look at your neighbors different. I guarantee you that's not a person who, who is in that chat room. There's not a person who's on these microphones this morning going into the house of the tens of thousands that we deal with every morning that doesn't look at their neighbors and their neighborhoods differently. And why? Because this guy has raised the level of, of consciousness, of evil consciousness, to those who sit back now and want to be the victim as if, as, if Amer- as if our values are against one another. Conquer and divide. You know, we've seen that 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 work for many, many years, uh, and, and now he has just simply mastered it, and it's just, it's just a sad day in, in, in American politics. It's a sad day in American history. Well said. All right, uh, what about you, uh, Give us your final thoughts on this topic and just the show in general today. Well, you know, like I said, it, it's everybody has to kind of um, stay on their own path and stop looking for some of these crazy people to provide leadership. Just know where your own moral and ethical compass is and, um, and follow that path. As far as politics are con- concerned, the problem generally is Trump won because the election had about 4 million less people than in the last Obama election. You don't have to cater to white working class farmers to win an election. You just have to get the people out to vote who voted when Obama voted. That's all you have to do. He won by 72,000 votes in, four, in, in three states combined. It is not about converting anybody. It is not going to the people who swapped and now are Biden or Sorry, who are now Trump people who are Obama. It's not even about getting them. If you get the four million back who voted during Obama, you're going to win pretty easy. So that's an unpaid perspective for Mr. Hedges. That's all I can tell you. And the man gets the <coughs> excuse me. And the man gets the last word, Mr. Elias. Well, you know something, man. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's astonishing to me that the Republicans are so against abortion and so against all this other stuff. But once a kid gets here, damn them. Let's don't feed them. Let's don't take care of them. Let's don't do anything for them. But a farmer who can, you know, get out there and plant seeds and sell his stuff and the president blocks him from selling his goods, we're, all, we're okay with, with giving them money. But they call it a subsidy. So instead of welfare, they call it a subsidy. So guess what a welfare is? It's a subsidy. Same difference, same thing. So, folks, get out of the boat. Don't don't play around this time. Those seventy three thousand. If we had seventy three thousand, you had seventy three thousand votes. We lost by in three states. Come on, folks, get out and vote. Especially in Michigan and Wisconsin, especially Detroit. Detroit, stand up. If you can hear my voice, Detroit, get out and vote. Get out and vote, Flint, Michigan. Look what you're getting with your water. Come on, let's go. And on that note, it's time for an NPR News update. Chatterbox is next, and on a need-to-know basis, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Rowell Show.
Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from BetterHelp, online counseling by licensed professional counselors specializing in issues including depression, stress, and anxiety. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NPR to learn more and get 10% off your first month. Israeli police and Muslim worshippers clashed today at a major holy site in Jerusalem. Thousands of Muslims had gathered at the Al-Aqsa Mosque to mark an Islamic holiday. It's not clear what sparked the violence, but the mosque, also known as the Temple Mount, has long been a flashpoint in the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Palestinian medics say at least 14 people were injured. Witnesses say Israeli police used uh, sound grenades and tear gas to disperse the crowd. North Korea says leader Kim Jong-un supervised Friday's missile launch. The North's official news agency says the test involved a new weapons system, which South Korea's military had assessed to be short-range ballistic missiles to launch the fifth over the past three weeks. The Federal Reserve won't likely be changing interest rates again until its mid-September monetary policy meeting, but Steve Beckner says the central bank remains in the hot seat. Life isn't getting any easier for Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. A week after his central bank cut interest rates, President Trump tweeted that it needs to cut rates bigger and faster. He charged Powell and his fellow policymakers are too proud to admit their mistake. Meanwhile, they were coping with Trump's threats of increased tariffs on China and China's retaliatory moves. Fed officials said they are closely monitoring developments and are open to more rate cuts, but made no promises. St. Louis Federal Reserve Bank President James Bullard said the Fed took out some insurance against trade-related risks by cutting rates, but must wait to see if more needs to be done. For NPR News, I'm Steve Beckner. And I'm Giles Snyder in Washington. Welcome back. It's uh, 31 minutes after the hour. You're listening to the serious side. It's time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from uh, people from our world-famous chat room and on social media. Mr. L.S. Man, do we have anything from the chat room? Oh, let me turn this mic on. Sorry about that. All right, Mr. L.S., do we have anything from the chat room? Not worth reading. Nothing worth reading. All right, so... All right, sounds good. Uh, let me get to the pastor. And pastor, uh, he says, Pastor Stephen F. Jones, he says, look, as a man of the cloth, I sense some uneasiness and some unrest with someone on the show or a listener to the show. My final thoughts, just trusting God and better days are ahead. Thanks, Pastor. M- Marianne Music, Mr. Elias, I need some artist information. You are slipping, my love. Great show as always. Gotcha, baby, Raquel or Rachel, uh, Wisconsin. She says, I'm a Trump supporter and a first-time listener to your show. I will have to admit, co-workers have told me about this podcast, and I decided to listen this morning reluctantly. Your conversations are raw and to the point and has resonated with me. Continue to be a voice for a community that is underrepresented in Congress, and who knows, you may convert people like me who are privileged and who have been shielded from real-world experiences. P.S. More Trump supporters listen to this podcast than you think. God bless. Thank you, Rachel. Rachel or Raquel, if I'm saying that correctly. Carlos, Arizona. I have to disagree with the comment with a comment from one of your guests. Hispanics will remember how this administration treated Puerto Rico, AOC, people of El Paso. He will pay the price in November of 2020. And uh, that comes from uh, Carlos from Arizona. And there's been talk that Arizona and uh, Texas 
uh, things are going to be a little shaky for the president because Hispanics are paying attention to what's going on. And it's I heard something this morning where they talked about how it's common where you have Mexicans and Puerto Ricos, Puerto Ricans are now all starting to join forces because they realize that uh, how this president is treating people of Latino descent. And on that note, you know what time it is. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me what you want me to do. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, it's time for my favorite part of the show, on a need-to-know basis with Mr. Jerome. Jerome, what do you have for us this week? Jerome, your mic's not live, brother. Is that? Jerome? Yep, oh, yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't on? Nope. Okay, so acclaimed African-American author and Nobel, Nobel yeah. laureate, Toni Morrison um, passed away this week. You know, she won a Pulitzer Prize for um, Beloved. She died at 88 years old um, on Monday. And um, the family said that she passed away peace- peacefully after a short illness. So much respect to Toni Morrison. And um, I didn't read any Toni Morrison books, by the way. Just want to say that for the record. Me either. Yeah, I didn't know if you. I didn't know if you covered it as well. Oh, I forgot you couldn't hear the first part of this. Yeah, I didn't know if you covered it earlier, so I just wanted to make sure we said that. Now, um, your summer heat wave has triggered a 15% spike in deaths in the Netherlands, as um, hot temperatures claim the life of, they said, an extra 400 people. So almost 400 wow. more people died in the Netherlands uh, during their recent heat wave. And they said that's 15% more deaths in the nation than they usually have in the summer. That's an interesting mm. statistic, what you usually have in the summer. But, yeah. Wow. Now, yeah. Now, a quarter of the world's population is at risk for day zero. And that's when water will completely run out, according to a new report. Now, nearly a quarter of the world's population lives in 17 countries facing extreme high water stress close to day zero conditions when taps run dry. That means, mm. so, yeah. Luckily, I live in an area where um, we have one-third of the world's drinking water up this way. So everybody come north. That's all I got to, <laughs> I got to say. Yeah. This, is what the drinking, this is what drinking water is um, in, in this though. area. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the U.S. could be hit by eight hurricanes before December um, as experts predict that a storm surge following the um, end of El Nino. So the U.S. NOAA forecast now believes that it's likely, the likelihood of above normal activity this year in the Atlantic hurricane season stands at 45%. That's up from 30% that they had predicted b- up um, back in May. So, you know, oh. um, I know that is not good news. That hurricane season, Whoa. they're expecting eight um, hurricanes. Wow. All right, now, Burger wow. King has a new plant-based Impossible Burger that isn't officially vegan because it's cooked on a grill that they cook their other products on, and it comes with mayo. So if you eat mayo, yeah. it's not vegan. So Burger King said that uh, 
their new Impossible Burger is going nationwide this week, and they revealed um, in a fine print that the meat-free burgers are cooked on the same broiler as beef and chicken. They cook chicken. Okay. And uh, they yeah, cook they chicken, chicken patties. Sandwich. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah, they cook chicken there. So my, my question is this: Is this the this is is this the Beyond Meat that they're using, or what is? It? No, no, this is Impossible. Um, the Impossible Meat. Like, so that's okay. a different. Thing. Now Beyond Meat is teaming up with Subway, so they're gonna have okay. meat. Subway uh, meatball sandwiches, and they said that um, they're, you know, the chain announced that the meatless meatball sandwiches on a roll, um, they'll roll out next month in 685 restaurants, but it's made with Beyond Meat marinara sauce yeah. and provolone. I have invested money in Beyond Meat, so you did? I just want to know. Yeah, I okay. invested money in it. Yeah, because I knew Beyond Meat and Impossible Burger was both, like, rushing out to the market and I know somebody who said that they tasted a impossible burger and they said it was pretty good so yeah beyond okay. meat is supposed to be really good too okay okay I'm gonna check that impossible bro I'm gonna just invest in that <laughs> yeah yeah hey yeah that one's gonna that one's gonna be big too both of them are about at the same level right now but one has Burger okay. King the other one has Subway and um I think um beyond meat is Started in some restaurant. I can't think what the restaurant chain was, but they're going to start off in our menu as well. Okay. Um, now, Simone Biles, the Olympic champion, she became the first gymnast to land a double twisting, double somersault dismount on, off the balance beam on Friday at the um, U.S. Gymnastic tra- Championship. Um, so, still overall, um, she said that her performance, which included a failed trip, um, failed attempt at a triple double, um, um, landing on her floor exercise. She said that um, th- that would have made history as well. So I I didn't know this. Yeah. If you do something that nobody else does, you have to do it three times at a sanctioned competition for it to be named after you. So she said, really? Yeah. You know, I, I didn't, well, I'm not into gymnastics like that, but I actually yeah. saw this performance. <laughs> but she did a double somersault, double twist, and they were like, if she does it two more times in a uh, sanctioned competition, it'll be named after her. But she's the only one who's ever wow. done it. Really? Yeah. She wow. said she just Yeah, she said, um, but when she didn't do the floor X, that triple, um, she, she tried a, a triple somersault, at the end, you know, doing her floor exercise, she said she just wanted to throw it in the trash and start over. And she became the first woman to ever attempt it on Friday. But she said that um, today, the um, which which is the the title, like it's the end of the competition. She's gonna try it again. But she's probably uh. she said she does it in practice all the time, and she's never done it that bad like she did in competition the other day. So she said, I'm gonna do it again. But she'll be okay. the first woman who ever did a triple, uh, triple double, on a, on the floor act. Who gets up that high and turns that fast? But that little girl is wow. about to make it. Yeah. Yes. They're gonna end up naming that after her as well. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, Fitbits and other trackers—they're saying they may not give accurate heart rate readings to people of color because the technology used struggles to work with dark skin. 
Okay. Wow. wow. Because every time we tell stories, people think that black folks make stuff up, that we're like, hey, this is not made for us. But Fitbit has released this. They're, the wearables release a light onto the skin, and it monitors how, uh, how much re- is reflected back. So the technique uh, is known as PPG. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It says, as you exercise, your arteries swell in response to the increased blood flow. So the light is absorbed. The fitness tracker, trackers adjust your heart rate based upon the light reflection. And they said that um, PPG gives less reliable readings for those who have darker skin because it doesn't penetrate as far through your skin. So the American Society hmm. of Photobiology found that less than half of the light emitted passes through darker skin versus lighter skin. Because because of this, many people of color has noticed that their heart rate appears to be higher than it should. And people with hmm. tattoos also have issues. So if you're a person of color and you're wearing a Fitbit, do not believe the, the readings on your Fitbit is what they're saying. Right. Thank you for that bit of information, Jerome, because I'm like, why is my heart rate so high and my blood pressure is <laughs> uh-huh. so I got a Fitbit, and I that's probably why they, they, I, their stock is their stock is plummeting, man. Oh my yeah. God! Yeah, I, it, I, I, I invested in Fitbit, man. Stock is plummeting like all outdoors. Yeah, it, it's it's hokey technology, and just like camera lenses on your phone, and I think it was. Um, it was Kodak that came out with True Color on actual film that actually gave you True Color for black folks because that's why when you take a, you look at old yearbooks and you see a black person in a room, they just look dark. It's because those yeah. cameras, yeah, it's because those camera lenses aren't adjusted for light that way. And they still, hmm. they're, they're the ones that's on your computers now and on your tablet. It's the same technology. And speaking of that, earlier this year, Amazon's recognition software came under fire for struggling to identify gender in females and darker-skinned females. So their wow. tracking software, facial recognition, um, you know, cannot recognize black people. So critics have warned that if a bias in facial recognition software go unchecked, it can um, perpetuate racial profiling and other injustices. Duh, here we go hmm. again, right? There you it's go. like, that look like you on, you got your hat on. <laughs> like, it's like they, they know they can't even recognize <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I got the same shoelaces, so it must be you. But yeah, facial recognition software does not work on black people the same way either. So for you races out there who are wondering why this is, it's the technology for one. And black people have what's called... Um, um, Melon. Um, well, our melanin is different. They have failed melanin. We have eumelanin or EU melanin. And ours is mm-hmm. selenium based. So that metal is reflective. That's why we don't burn in the sun and we absorb light differently in, in um, all kind of color light spectrum. Energy different is processed different in black folks than white. So that's why they burn, mm. is the reason why we reflect. Uh, it's because we reflect light differently. And so those things don't work on us because our our skin doesn't let stuff penetrate it, like, you know, um, infrared um, rad- radiation and all those things. It doesn't affect black people the same way. So just in case you wanted to <laughs> a little conversation about that, there is a there is a reason. We have too much science now to, um, to um, 
argue these points, but if you want to go look it up, look it up. Now, Amazon also has provided templates to the police for requesting footage and offering tips for police officers to get your ring information if you have a ring doorbell. So they, Amazon is teaching them how to talk to people to have neighbors voluntarily give them access to their ring doorbells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, yep. this doesn't sound like a good news story at all, right? So no, I got a ring doorbell. <laughs> yep, they're coaching police on how to convince customers to hand over their security cam footage without a warrant, nope. is what they're saying. Nope. So, yeah, so you don't have to. So they have a Ring Neighborhood Watch app, which connects customers yeah. to their police, right? Now, while that process while, – while the process of requesting footage from Ring customers does not require a warrant, it does necessitate authorization from the person who owns the camera – Meaning that in order to effectively leverage the devices, you know, for the police department, the departments are required, they require local cooperation. So they're going to ask you to give them permission to look through your cameras. And they said they're not going to look at it unless there's a crime or something committed. Now, all you fools who have cameras in your house, you can try that if you want to, if you don't think the police are going to start looking in your house and listening in. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's that's not gonna happen. Now, almost a third of doctors and nurses claim that they are not confident enough on the sun safety advice for pa- for patients on how to avoid skin cancer. So, scientists from the Center um, for Disease Control and Prevention found that less than half of fifteen hundred medical um, uh, in this medical survey that they regularly advise their patients to, you know, wear sunscreen or sit in the shade. They said that they're not confident enough to tell them what to do to avoid skin cancer. Hmm. And being that you're listening to the show, I can tell you why this is. I can help you out with this one. It's because you have to, we did a a news story about this before. You should wear sunscreen at night because UV rays do go through the earth. Even when the sun is down, it's going through the earth constantly, so you're getting hit with rays even at night and inside of your house. So they don't know what to tell you to avoid skin cancer because you're getting UV rays anyway. That is all. That's my public service announcement today. Hmm. All right. Now, I don't know if you saw this, LES, but the Los Angeles Lakers star, LeBron James, is slamming the new NCAA policy requiring agents to have a bachelor's degree because he thinks that it's aimed at his representative, Rich Paul. <laughs> Why call it bachelor's degree? Did you see what? that? Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he called it the Rich Paul rule. So wow. So he now Rich Paul became uh, now, and they went to high school together. But Rich Paul, the founder of Clutch Sports Agency, has been close with James since 2002, and officially became his agent in 2012. So the Cleveland native also represents people like John Wall and Anthony Davis and all of these great big players, but he does not have a college degree. But he's getting them big salaries. So LeBron James wrote, can't stop, won't stop on his Twitter, and he referred Mm -hmm. to the Rich Paul rule. And he said, they big mad and scared. Nothing will stop this movement and culture over here. Sorry, not sorry. So according to uh, attorney Michael McCann, who wrote for Sports Illustrated, he said the new policy 
could put the NCAA in, le- in legal jeopardy. Um, but, you know, because he they just can't say, arbitrarily say that somebody can't represent you because they didn't go yeah. to college. Because the NCAA really, regulates that's, college, that's, right? That's my right to hire who the hell I want to hire. Exactly. That is my right. Exactly. So where's the freedom for the athletes if they're telling them who to hire? Right. Now, Rich Paul isn't a college grad, but he's one of the most successful NBA agents in history is what McCann wrote. And on Twitter, he said, if the NCAA adapts a bright line rule requiring agents to be college grads, Paul would be denied the chance to represent underclassmen that can become an antitrust problem with the NCAA or for the NCAA. They can't tell you who to hire problem. Right. Yeah. Well, they want to regulate crazy. everything about those doggone kids. Wow. Now, that's just for the underclassmen. You know how they test the waters to see if they want to go in the NBA and then they go back to college? That only holds for them. So if you're a senior, you can hire anybody you want. And if that dude, Rich Paul, knocks on my door, I'd be like, all right, what you want? Because I know that LeBron <laughs> James and those guys are taken care of. Wow. No. Oh, wow. No, um, yeah. ABC Television has confirmed that it is investigating um, actress um, Afton Williamson for sexual harassment and racial discrimination after um, the rookie co-star went public with her accusations on Sunday and announced that she was quitting the show. Now, the 38-year-old actress from Toledo, Ohio, put this lengthy Instagram post out there for fans telling her that she wasn't returning to the network. She said, I owe it to you and my amazing fans to share the truth. Throughout the filming of the pilot, she experienced racial discrimination and racially charged inappropriate comments from her hair department and was bullied by executive producers. She did that. They're coming to their second season. She asked them to investigate this, the HR department, and they admitted Mm -hmm. to her that the executive producer, um, uh, they admitted to her that they didn't even tell HR that she was being harassed. Wow. Now ABC has said, oh, now we're investigating. She had to quit. She was getting bullied from the executive producers and everybody else. Mm. So for the whole first season, wow. she was still getting harassed, and a recurring guest star was harassing her sexually, and they intentionally put her in a scene with him. And knowing that that stuff was going on, and they ignored her. Wow. All right, yeah, that that is that is a bit much. That is now, crazy. Yeah. Now a new glass. There are some new glasses make um, that are out that makes the wearable the 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 person who's wearing the glasses undetectable to facial recognition. Now they already can't recognize you if you're black, so I guess this is not for us, but. They said it could prevent, protect your privacy from cameras. So the the pioneering um, Reflecto IR pair um, is what the glasses are called. They turn um, the eye area black to any of the any forms of technology and reflect back reflect back infrared beams to any source to distort facial data. So if you want the glasses. I'm sure they probably have a style that you're going to like, but it's called uh, Reflectos IR Pair. It's the glasses that make facial recognition undetectable. So try that as you go to your ring doorbell. (laughs) um, (laughs) 
46 years at Pittsburgh, still a fan, but I couldn't help but to celebrate with that young man, Damon Sheehy, um, who basically slept in cars in order to get a tryout for the Cleveland Browns and had an 86-yard uh, kickoff return, well, punt return, or, or kickoff or punt return. Prior to the game, they said he left his shoes, and the superstar of the team, Odell Beckham, allowed him to land the shoes. That's the American way. Work hard, take advantage of the opportunities when your name is called, and I just thought that that was an inspirational moment. Uh, it just showed all the good that Americans have to do. Here it is. You got your top athlete who gives his shoes so that this young man could play, who probably or may not make the team, but was sleeping in cars prior to the tryout and was able to convince him to let him get out there on the field. Now, he was a little deceptive, but he still got out on the field and took advantage of his, his opportunity. Absolutely. Well said, man. Thank you so much. See you next week. Jerome Spree, man, final thoughts. Yep, I just want to say to everyone, have a good week, and I will see you again next week. That is my final thought. I defer to Elias. All righty. Mr. Elias, I think it's the first and last word, sir. Final thoughts. Don't mistake this at all, folks. If you're still supporting Trump after all the racist rhetoric that he spewed out there, guess what you are. You're a racist. So, folks, get out and vote and get this racist out of office. That's all I'm going to say about that. Get this racist white, white supremacist out of office. Well said. My final thoughts uh, are in tune with what the pastor said this morning, so I'm going to read something here. It says, Too often in the middle of the night, in the midst of our darkest crisis, at the depth of our darkest valley, we allow ourselves to become upset, distraught, concerned, and anxious. God sits on his throne saying, When you have worn yourself out through your own ability, I will be here to help you and lift you up. When you have exhausted all your natural resources, when it seems that your fears run rampant, you have reached your midnight hour. We serve a God who is so much greater than we allow him to be. Turn to him in the midnight hours of your life. God will bring you deliverance and give you peace. Just know that late in the midnight hour, God is going to turn it around. Guys, enjoy your Sunday. Mr. Elias, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, what time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Brown Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. So for Vanessa Maybell, for Johnny D, for Mr. Jerome Spring, for Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Rouse saying have a great work week. And remember, if it is Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side. God bless. We'll see you next week. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.